Welcome to Bliss Beyond Fear. Your hosts, Des, a transformational life coach, and Gina Marie, a personal development mentor, are here to help you have confidence, embrace your worth, and find your joy. Des and Gina Marie are fierce friends and lifestyle entrepreneurs that will encourage you to have faith, elevate your mindset, and take action so you can achieve the results you desire. They believe that an abundant life is sustained by overcoming your fears through creating a circle that elevates you and rises with you. Your blissful journey begins now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bliss Beyond Fear podcast. We're so excited because I've actually been anticipating this particular interview. It's really, really special. Today, we have a guest who is a good friend that I met through the mastermind that we're in together with April Garcia. Shout out to all of our mastermind friends from Pivot Me. (laughs) And um, I think it's just exciting because it's the beauty of community. So Blissful Fortitude is all about community and empowerment. And for us to meet today's guest through that community is just really exciting. So we're going to introduce our guest, Coach Nicole Thomas. Nicole Thomas is the founder of The Vitality Effect, speaker, and successful entrepreneur. As a holistic lifestyle and fitness coach, she challenges and motivates people to become the best version of themselves in all aspects. As part of that mission, she has taken over 20 years of trials, tribulations, reinventions, and success to guide and inspire others in a way that's relatable, connected, and real. Nicole has personally worked with thousands of people over the years with commitment to connection, making a difference, and being a stand for a joyful life. To add to her credibility, as an NASM, which is National Academy of Sports Medicine, certified trainer and behavior change specialist, she has helped countless people adopt a healthy way of living that fuels self-worth, confidence, vitality, and self-love. She speaks on self-confidence, transformation, navigating blended family, life and motherhood, and living life on your own terms. Nicole resides in Livermore, California with her husband and best friend TJ of over seven years and their three amazing children. Oh my gosh. so awesome. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you, ladies. I'm so happy to be here. This is just a treat for us. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I've heard so much about you. And I'm, it's so great to actually get to meet in person now that we've kind of freed up COVID a little bit and we're all immuned up mm-hmm. and all shotted out and everything <laughs> so we can all gather up together. Exactly. And so I am so excited to hear about your story. Uh, okay, first of all, I have to tell you guys, she shows up here. She's she's absolutely gorgeous. She's pretty in her pictures, but she's even more beautiful in person. And she's bringing us mocktails. Cheers. Cheers. So we actually are enjoying mocktails. We're having a little refresher with put in a pretty glass with Because we are we are talking about fitness and health today yes. and there's other ways to have fun with drinks. <sighs> but we do want to know about your story because yes. you didn't you've had all this experience in this area, but there's a reason and a purpose of how you got in this space. So tell us your story. 
Okay. Well, where to begin? Well, first, thank you so much for having me here today. I am just so honored to have been invited to speak. And Jane Marie, I've been wanting to meet you in the real life, in the real world for quite some time now. Um, but so my story really, um, it begins back when I first became a trainer, which was in two, the end of 2004. So it was quite some time ago. Um, I had just moved to San Jose. I was going to university out there and I was the front desk office manager for a really neat personal training studio. And I got to witness these trainers help and transform the lives of their clients from a variety walks of life. So from different places, whether they were never worked up before to semi-pro athletes were coming through the door and to see each and every one of them push past a barrier to push past a limited belief. And it didn't matter if they had never worked out before working with that trainer or if they were a semi-pro athlete. I got to see this theme of pushing past limiting beliefs. And I was just like, wow, wow. And I've always had a deep love for, for people. My name means the people's victory. Aww. So what's your middle name? My name is Nicole Nadine. So, so Nicole Nadine. means the people's victory. The people's victory. What does Nadine mean? I oh, actually I don't know. I know. Yes. I'm so, so embarrassed. To that. I'm so embarrassed we'll to, to not know that. Um, I was named after my grandfather, um, Nicholas Salamita. Um, Beautiful names. Aww, and I have an H awesome. in my name, which is important. I've got the H and that has great significance because of Nicholas. Um, so I, I really got to witness this uh, just really profound like profession. I just kind of stumbled upon it and it, it really changed my life. Um, now backpedaling from, from 2004, now my childhood, I did struggle a little bit with my weight. And that's important for me to say, because when people see me now, they see, you know, a fit woman. And usually I've had a lot of clients over the years. They're like, well, you've probably have always been skinny. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, actually I haven't. And some people have, some people have been lean and thin their whole life. Um, but you know, that was not my journey. So what period of time that did you struggle? Did you struggle like as in child or a teen or? You know, it was actually, I'd love to say it was, you know, I, I dropped the weight and kept it off forever, but um, it was a little up and down. And that journey in itself is very important um, just for my compassion for people who've struggled um, with, a variety of things and we'll, we'll get to that soon. Um, but when I was a child, I would say I noticed my own weight at probably nine years old. That's interesting. At what nine did years you, old, what made you notice weight as a concept? I noticed it well, when other people pointed it out. Mm. Yeah. When other people, so, and so it are happens. you you were a chubby kid? I was slightly chubby. Yeah. I was a chubby kid. It was, it's so heartbreaking because I know this happens like kids on the playground like are you pregnant or you know name calling I've had wow. I had adults I actually had a neighbor growing up who an adult neighbor an adult male neighbor who actually grabbed my tummy and it happened around other adults and nobody really said anything and he's like what's this and my face got really red and I just felt embarrassed. And I, oh my gosh, I it was just, it was really That's devastating. So I had that really message wow. and what my message, my story, not my mess, my story is not unique. 
So this happens. And I think it's happening less. I think people are becoming a bit more aware. But um, my story is not unique. I mean, it happens. And I think it's really hard, too, for parents when you see your kids struggling with weight. It's more you want to protect them from what the world and what their peers might say to them. So I I see it was because I work with adolescents, too. So I work from 14 to 67. That's my age range of clients currently. Um, and so I, I see the the pain and the concern that parents have for for their kids when when they are overweight. And um, you want to protect them. You want you really want to protect them from the world. But the, the number one thing is just to really instill instill self confidence in other avenues outside of body image to, to delicately talk about having a confident mindset. You know, kind of despite what they see in the mirror, Mm because it's all about how you identify yourself. And really, man, that was like, I started taking that information, the the evidence that I took in as being facts. um, And my self-worth really dropped so big. And so I realized, like, oh, well, like, they're telling me, like, I'm not enough. Like, people are, are time and time again telling me, that this isn't a good thing. So I, I need to change this. It was really confusing. So, but I learned how to put a smile on my face and, you know, work, work hard. Um, and it was in high school that like I convinced my parents to let me join a gym. And that was really good for me. Uh, cause I really, I learned about fitness and, and weightlifting and it just was like my place to take care of my body. I learned how to <laughs> grow muscles, as I used to say. Um, I still say that we can all grow some muscles. Um, and it was during that time that I really just kind of fell in love with taking care of my body. Now, I didn't always do it in the best way, intentionally and un- un- unintentionally. I, I mean, back in high school, it was about the time when fat-free was the thing. Do you guys remember that? I do oh, yes. remember that. So everything was I'm going to buy that. It's fat-free. It must mm-hmm. be good for you. I'm it must that. be good for you. It must be good for mm-hmm. you. So we're, we've always been bombarded with information and not always is it true information. because I mean, that sounds like I what you would so, want. Yeah. I want to be fat-free, <laughs> right? So I'm going to eat things that are fat-free. I don't want to put fat in my body so you can have i remember eating things like fat free would be pasta yeah yeah pasta just get the red sauce don't get the cream sauce Mm -hmm. and you're all good you're all yeah Uh, people were eating lots of pasta in the 90s and (laughs) early 2000s chicken and yeah I mean a lot of pasta, but everything seems to be staying the same. I'm not really sure what's going on here. <laughs> pants are fitting weird. It's fat free though. It doesn't make any like sense. Like that Mean Girl episode. Yeah. I got a, yeah. I got a, I got a protein bar for you. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, so yeah. Oh no. So I digress. But uh, so my journey really, uh, it's very relatable. My my original journey is much so rooted in. I did not love myself. I looked in the mirror and identified with being less than because of all of a sudden people were telling me I was chubby. What was the message from your family and and immediate family and parents around when you were processing your own body image? You know, um, gosh, I mean, it was always my mom. So come from a pretty much an Italian family for the most part. So lots of homemade pastas and lots of meats and breads and drop biscuits, which is pretty divine. Sounds delicious. <laughs> um, so I grew up on a lot of those things. Plus with that era, all of a sudden everyone was being bombarded with like 
processed foods. It was just like the thing, like ev- the Lunchables, the the fruit I snacks, the Pop-Tarts, the processed So like that was all the rage. TV dinners. I used to beg my yeah. mom for TV dinners. Yeah. Um, Salisbury steak. Stop. It's a real thing. So, I mean, that was all, I mean, that's kind of why I knew. We always had lots of home-cooked meals, of course, but my body image, um, you know, I was definitely told I was beautiful. My my mom was a hairdresser up until my, my baby brother was born. My hair was always done to the nines and she, you know, she dressed me cute. And, um, you know, my... I was, it wasn't very negative until my parents started noticing how I was being impacted from outside influences. So when I started losing confidence because the boy in fourth grade said I looked like I was pregnant or the neighbor man touched me and grabbed my tummy, then I was like, well, I didn't think I was less than until the boy and the neighbor external man. forces were telling you exactly that. and so it kind of made me withdraw a bit and then i wanted i had less interest in like sports i was a big soccer player and just like the this decline started happening in my confidence um from from being told that i was basically less than and i think it really sparked concern and fear in my parents which was valid you see your kid kind of declining in their confidence, withdrawing from sports. Um, you want to fix that. And that's a hard conversation. That's a, it is hard to navigate that conversation. And I, I see it in um, my adolescent clients' parents. It's a, it's a hard conversation to navigate. And especially when, I mean, there's a lot of parents, there's a lot of adults out there, let's face it, are confused with what's healthy and how do you, how do you, you know, lose weight and how do you do it in a healthy way? And how do you read a label? How do you read words? a freaking label? We're going to talk about that yeah, today too. I don't understand all the things that, that are back there. Yeah. Uh, calories and restriction. And it's like, oh no. Um, so they definitely tried to, to help me and encourage me. Um, it maybe wasn't always in the way <laughs> that was conducive with my personality or, um, gosh, maybe they didn't always say the right thing because I was already in such a fragile, insecure place. But my goodness, they they tried. <laughs> they, they tried really hard. My parents loved me. They loved me and they tried to teach me as much as they possibly could. Um, so, I, I, so would they like say, okay, well, we're going to go on a diet now, honey. Or would they say, I mean, like, like how, what were they doing that... Okay, so this is where I'm coming from. Yeah. I'm thinking the listeners are hearing this. Uh-huh. I'm hearing this. I have kids, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm thinking, what could I do with my kids that could mm-hmm. help them if they're struggling with something like that? Um, you know, for me, I had eight pregnancies. So I gained and lost weight. They saw me dieting all, well, you know, not. I never really dieted. I didn't go, okay, I got to eat this today and That's this today. That's such a crazy but, word because what does dieting mean? It yeah. means something different to every yes. single person. Yes. yes. Yeah. But I mean, like focusing on my weight loss, let's say that. And so, so as I'm hearing you say this, I'm thinking to myself, what are the things and I, th- this may vary with children and personalities. It does because I have I have three kids and they all have very different personalities. <laughs> so, so what would you recommend to our listener that's like, you know what, I have I have one I have one child out of the you know a couple of my kids that just really struggles and the other ones don't struggle but this one does and what could I what should I not say and what could I say to help or what could I do to help them. 
Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. Um, to know, always know your audience. So <laughs> obviously, you know your kids really well. You're going to know what drives them. Um, my, my kids are driven differently. Some are internally motivated, and some are externally motivated. And that's those are both pluses. They're just very different, right? Yeah. For for me, um, the number one thing it starts with modeling healthy behavior. That's, huge. that's it begins and, and ends when when you're raising up children it begins or you're a leader in any fashion it begins and ends yeah. with modeling that healthy behavior how do you reinforce something that you're not doing yourself well makes sense exactly because I mean your kids are going to they're sponges they're gonna see they they hear what's not said yeah they 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 do they they mimic mannerisms they internalize stress yeah without you know without having to mention it to you they're they're taking everything in they're noticing what you're doing what you're not doing yeah. they know when you're happy yeah they're your, kid, like, your kids know if you're unhappy so it when it comes to health and fitness mm-hmm. when it comes to joy and vitality and um gosh just like mental spiritual health it's a hundred percent you have to live it. You have they, to live it look out. Look at you. Mm-hmm. So you can't. What you're saying is you can't give them the carrots while you're eating the Cheetos. <laughs> like they're both orange. You eat that one. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just, you know, but it's hard. It's hard because you. It's not. I'm food and health, and I know we'll, we'll get into it mm-hmm. more. It's sometimes. What if you don't like vegetables? What if it doesn't taste? You know, I mean, it's okay. My answer to that is. You're not being creative enough. I can drop any kid off in my house. They're going to have a vegetable by the end of the day and they're going to like it. They might not even know. They might not even know. Vegetables are amazing. Or adults. (laughs) I I mean, I'm happy because I I enjoy them, but I... And you bring up a good point. So when it comes to kids, if we're going to talk about kids and nutrition and everything, um, I'd always remind my kids that I'm like, your taste buds, it's... Now, this is a scientific fact, folks. Your taste buds often change and they rapidly change when you're young. So anytime we set the table, even though they had been introduced to something before, let's just say zucchini or broccoli, and it wasn't their thing. I'm like, this could be your new favorite thing and you just don't know it yet. Because your taste buds change all the time. Not to mention this is really good for you. It, you might actually enjoy how it tastes. Maybe Aaron's Smart. taste buds will change. Yeah. Maybe his taste they buds do. will change. They do. We have a friend. Like, he will he not like eat vegetables. anything that's green at all. At no. all. He can drink it. Like he in a smoothie. like spinach? Really? No, in a smoothie. You oh. can't taste mo- uh, spinach in a no, smoothie. You, you really can't you taste can't. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. There's that. But, There's that. We'll but I like that. It's spinning it. And and changing the psychology of it. Mm-hmm. This might be your favorite new favorite, favorite thing. thing. Oh, and then you're like, if you know, if you don't taste this for like five or ten years, if you wait until you're like old like me, <laughs> okay, I say that because they think I'm this I'm is old, this right? is where I feel like you could really be an asset to a mom who's struggling with this mm-hmm. because I happen to know I am not a prophet in my own land. I mm. can tell my girls that, and they'll be like, whatever, woman. I just saw no. what you did an hour ago. I'm not listening to you. You know what I mean? Like they it's, look at your, they see your faults or whatever, you know? So I can see how leveraging a mm-hmm. nutritionalist, you know, that could come in and kind of say, say that all of a sudden they go, oh, okay. I mean, we do that even with relationships. Like my girlfriend's mom told her something yeah. and I'm like, that actually isn't that off. If I would have said that, would you have been okay with that? And she goes, Actually, you're right. So 
Sometimes it's where the message is coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, takes and an outsider. It does take an mm-hmm. outsider. It it really does. Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> but, and that's happened Especially with, with kids. It's happened with my own kids. You tell them something, and then yeah, their, yeah, their friend's so. mom then tells yeah. them, and I've all been of a sudden, you, that long. you know what Mrs. Jones just said? Mm-hmm. Just had this epiphany. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. She said <laughs> it in a different way. It was real different than how you said it. So and you're like, just, oh, okay. Oh. Okay, right. so so you so you struggled with this. Thank you for sharing all yeah, of those things. Because I, did. That's very it, I think it's so awesome to see. To see that, you know, I just recently shared one of my pregnancy pictures. Thank you. Oh, and Miss Livermore. And Miss Livermore. Well, it's, it's to show that, like, you can go through stages and seasons in your life. And, and you know, when and you, you did have that the right several mindset, times. Several times. You are incredible. Yes. And I think a lot of people, they see me now and they go, she's had eight, she's had eight kids. Okay. She probably gained like 20 pounds, you know, probably fell out of her. She was walking <laughs> yeah. down the hall. Well, you know? <laughs> and, and I think that's why it's so important for you to share the, mm-hmm. all those facets of your story, because people do make assumptions. And everybody, they do. We everybody all has do. struggles. Mm-hmm. Everybody has struggles. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Every, every single person think, really, truly does. When you're going through it, you feel so isolated and mm-hmm. you think to yourself, my kid's the only child in a family that is struggling with weight issues, you know, whether that's anorexia, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. you know, an off balance of food eating, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 offset in their mind. Whichever spectrum or it could be gluttony or yeah. whatever that is, yeah. right? You know, yeah. that they're ba- you know, they're battling with. Mm-hmm. Um that, you know, it, it happens. And it you're does. not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing with with health challenges. You know, and so you've had a lot of years from the time working in the gym and seeing all these stories and then getting inspired to become an entrepreneur and actually do this to help people. And you just mentioned 14 to 67. That's a wide variety of people. One of the things that I was curious about, and it does relate with confidence too, because you've had your share of hits, right, to your confidence. What about confidence for you? becoming an entrepreneur in this space? How have you navigated, okay, I'm going to do this thing. This is going to be a way that I make money and help people. Tell us about that journey because confidence is a big thing for us and our listeners. And so we'd love for you to share what that journey has been like for you in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Wow. Well, entrepreneurship, I feel like it runs deep, like into my DNA. Um, I'll, I'll start kind of as a framework so you guys can understand my my past. So my, my parents and my grandparents were all kind of self-made from very humble beginnings, like really humble beginnings. My grandfather started a concrete business on his own after he got in a very bad car accident. Previously, he was a mover for IBM and then realized he was like in a full body cast. And then after that, he's like, I need to do something to provide for my family and um, started pouring concrete and then built a massive business in the South Bay and um, employed a lot of people and knew every single person's name, knew their kids' names, and just was so missional with, it wasn't just like pouring concrete. It was his way of providing for his family and for providing for other families and just built this incredible community. 
And so I really got to witness that from a young age. I got to visit him. I got to see how he interacted with his employees. And even though he's pouring concrete, he was helping people. You know, like he was always helping people. And when he was doing really well and making, even when he wasn't necessarily doing really well in the beginning, making a lot of money in the beginning, he was always finding a way to serve people. And whether it was someone who like needed cash, like wasn't able to obtain a loan and he was helping out the family or he was helping out the nuns or, you know, like building, you know, a new classroom or, you know, what have you. I really got to witness just his impact. And then my father, he too, he self-made. Um, he's a contractor. And um, now he and my brother are both general contractors and work together. Now he didn't have necessarily the big, big, big business with all the employees. But um, what I came to really appreciate about my dad is he's not just a contractor, he's an artist. And he's very innovative with his work. Um, he's He gets to, you know, he, you know, gets dirty, he's blue collar. But again, it comes down to his impact on his customers. There's a lot of contractors out there. There's a lot of personal trainers out there. Mm-hmm. Now, what's unique about my dad is all of his clients love him. They love him and my brother. Oh my goodness, the, the Christmas cards, the thank you cards. Like you wouldn't think to do that for, you know, just the contractor that comes in and redoes like a custom mantle place or installs doors and windows. And he does specialty projects, but they absolutely loved him because he took such pride in his work. He spent time to explain things and give them the full options. And there's not a cleaner contractor on the face of the earth. My dad is such a tidy person. And so he always went above and beyond. And I didn't always appreciate that growing up because I had lots of chores and there were some high standards. Um, But at the end of the day, as a child, I got to witness building a business. And it's not just about what you do. It's not just about the blank service you provide. Because let's face it, there's a lot of people who pour concrete. There's a lot of people who are contractors out there. But what made them so successful was the genuine impact and care that they had for their customers. And so that is what really made a big impact on me. I knew there was a lot of trainers out there. And so I didn't know exactly. I wasn't financially savvy, to be honest with you. I look back now and I can say like, I made some pretty darn good money. (laughs) And I was building a great reputation for myself. Um, I started teaching group fitness classes and I did one-on-one training um, at the university. And then it grew from there. And within one year, I was then, I had a great following in my group fitness classes. Then I started um, working with this woman who built a really cool boot camp in the Silicon Valley. And I was training at some big time companies, training at parks and different places for um, men and women. And um, within a year of me becoming a certified instructor, a certified personal trainer, I had built a following at the university. And this was a really cool full circle moment. I was at, um, I was in Santa Clara and I was training one of my just really sweet um, clients on this beautiful street in Santa Clara. And she's writing me a check. And um, it was an exciting big check because she was making a big commitment. And she's like, my, so my maiden name's Christofferson. And she's like, Christofferson, which by the way, it's 14 letters. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's a long last name. So she's writing me this check and she's writing out my very long name. And she goes, you're not related to Dana Christofferson. And I'm like, 
why I am. That's my father. She goes, I just wrote him a check last week. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So here I am in Santa Clara Valley and my client is also my dad's client. And it just like, I'm gonna try not to cry right now. It was just this like really surreal moment where this is three generations now who've done business. And my my family settled in so I'm, I'm part of telling my family did settle into the, um, the Santa Clara Valley and my grandfather, you know, from very humble beginnings, you know, um, built, built a company that had this big impact. Just, I would say maybe five miles from where I was training my dad, who grew up also in San Jose, who, my, so my grandfather's my, belongs to my mother, but my, my dad. So my dad grew up in San Jose as well. He built a business that was providing for his family and then I was now on my own building my business and having an impact. And it was just kind of a full circle moment. And I know my grandfather had poured concrete down the street. So his office is right by the airport, but he'd poured concrete on that street as well. So it's like on this one street. So you're and, carrying on this beautiful legacy. Yeah. And it's just Generation. like generational. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, it just kind of like wowed me. I'm like, you know, this is one of those moments, like I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. And um, absolutely fulfilling because I really, really loved not just the impact I was making in my clients' lives, but how that was then impacting their partners and their kids. And it just felt like I was in, I was doing what God had intended me to do. I was making an impact. That's awesome. Gina Marie and I are so excited to announce that we are on the board for WO3. What is WO3, you ask? I will tell you. WO3 is a grassroots movement dedicated to supporting women-owned businesses in three ways. Partner, promote, and support. Our goal is to create an annual movement on March 27th, 2021 to raise awareness of female-owned businesses and inspire women to look for opportunities to support her all year round. There's evidence that shows that when we support women-owned businesses, we're increasing economic stability in the families and communities they live in. Sign up today at wo3connect.com. Join Join us in in the the WO3 movement. Okay, so you I'm sure you have lots of experience with this, and I'm sure you have lots of stories. What would you say is the most common hurdle that people have to overcome on their journey to health? Like, I'm sure that there's different things with different people, but is there a common, like, most people struggle with this, and if they could just start with changing that then they would set themselves up for success. There there are several core um, false beliefs or hurdles, I would say, that are out there that trip everybody up. I would say the number one thing is now there's so many fad diets and different programs out there, you know, and they're not all bad. They really aren't all bad. Some of these fitness programs and some of these even some of the fad diets, there's some validity to them and there might be a time and a place for them. But, you know, what I want to do is I want to shorten their their path to success. And what is the stumbling block is the yo-yo dieting. It's the yo-yo dieting. Um, it's the demise. And, and there's a reason behind the yo-yo dieting, right? The yo-yo dieting is a, 
an outcome or a symptom of what is lying underneath. It's maybe they were choosing to do a program that's not sustainable. Gosh, maybe they were just, they again, they broke a promise to themselves. Um, and every time we break a promise to ourselves, we're losing some trust. We're losing some faith. And confidence. We're losing confidence. So um, probably the biggest thing I work with my clients um, is keeping promises to themselves. Wow. And that's really where all the tools and all the resources that I provide with with my coaching is is wrapped around not breaking promises to ourselves. And what does that look like? And it's not being crazy harsh or extreme. It's okay, you did it your way for how, you know, for some clients like the past three or four decades. And it didn't stick, you know, it it didn't work. So let's try something new. And this new thing might not be sexy. It, it isn't. I'll tell you that it right now. Might not be quick. Might not be sexy. <laughs> no, might no. not be cheap. No. <laughs> well, it's not going to be a dollar hamburger going through the, the drive-thru. <laughs> it's, you, you, the language that you use, that's brilliant to say keeping promises to yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we're more committed to keeping a promise to someone else. But then when it comes to ourself, mm-hmm. it's like, nah. So that's, I love that language. Absolutely. And especially, especially for women. And it's not just women, it's men too. And I I have mostly female clients, but I do work with a lot of male clients. And and some of them have tendencies to do this too, where they're great at taking care of others. They wouldn't dare break a promise to someone they care about. But to themselves, they're a jerk. An absolute (laughs) jerk to themselves. They talk about themselves like a jerk. They treat themselves like a jerk. They don't take care of themselves. They don't take care of themselves. And a lot of it is, and I might be kind of jumping around a bit. A lot of it is, so I also have a degree in communication studies, not mass comm, but communication studies. And the intra um, personal communication, which is your internal dialogue, is what really we kind of live and die by that quality relationship. And (laughs) <laughs> we're supposed to we're supposed to love others as we love ourselves. Okay. Mm. We're really good at loving others, but I always struggled with that concept. Like, what the heck does that mean? Like, I'm great at loving others. Like, but why do they have that as yourself? Like, that just sounds really selfish and this and that. But it kind of comes down to this authenticity. And how dare you be such a jerk to yourself? That if, should be the title of this. Mm-hmm. Don't be a jerk to yourself. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> would you feel if all right? of those, all of the thoughts, all of the comments, all those nasty things, rude things that you've said about yourself, imagine if it was sent, like typed up into a letter and sent to your mom or your best friend. Or your daughter. Or your daughter. Would you not just, I would, oh. oh. So if you, if, if you wouldn't say that to someone you genuinely cared about, like if it would just devastate you, if someone talked that way to your daughter, to your mother, to your sister, to your best friend, you would protect them. You would told you would mama bear. You would mm-hmm. get in front of them. You would protect them. You would just rebuke all those and you horrible need to things. Have that kind of relationship with yourself. Yeah. You do before you're gonna do this and not so that you don't yo-yo. So you don't yo-yo because it can't be like on a whim. I'm nice to myself today. I'll keep my promise today, but then fall back tomorrow. And yeah, yeah. And it's it's a balance of I, you see this all the place. It says grit and grace, 
And so grits, you can't have grit without truth, in my opinion. So truth and grace is so key, so vital. Um, so what that looks like is, is being very frank and honest with yourself. Um, things, you do not make things out to be better than they are, but you don't make things out to be worse than they are. And we're so good at lying to ourselves. <laughs> we're just master manipulators, you know, with our internal dialogue. And so really like the, the key to sustainability and success with our health starts with being really honest and truthful, but gracious. It's not about beating ourselves up. It's like, okay, where am I at? Like, what are my actions? Like you should, you should kind of know what you're eating day to day. Like you should know, like, are you taking time to put thought into it? Like I see your schedule. It's pretty crazy. And you keep telling me you don't have time to work out, but have you taken a moment to just sit, look at the calendar? Maybe it means you go to bed 30 minutes early. Maybe it means you wake up 30 minutes earlier. And that's where you start. You start moving your body for 30 minutes every day. Maybe it starts with drinking some water. It's, as, it's really, truly as simple as that. If you can't make 30 minutes to move your body every day, mm-hmm. if you can't seem to drink, and it sounds like a lot, and it kind of is, but a gallon of water is where I kind of start, like, I call it week zero with a lot of clients. So um, I make custom programs for clients. Um, some are in person, some are virtual, some's a hybrid. It's a lot of different options out there. But I give them a week zero. I'm like, here's what I want you to do. You're going to move your body every day, depending on you know where they start out. Like, don't worry about the program. Don't don't worry about that. You're going to drink a gallon of water every day for the next seven days. And you're going to tell me how that goes. And you're going to move your body for 30 minutes every day. You're going to tell me how that goes. If you can't start there. We can't you, give you the whole you, deal. You can't. Wow. We're not yeah. going to. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. So, and I don't necessarily turn people away, but that's really a you gauge. You want them to go through the process. Yeah. I want them kind of struggle. Like I let them kind of, I don't coach them on it. Cause again, this is, I call it week zero. It's before we officially start a, a custom program. And like I said, it work, it looks a little different person to person, client to client. Um, but that's genuinely where I start with most people. It's like, okay, you're going to drink a gallon of water every day. Whoa. What if you hadn't drink? What if you don't even drink water? <laughs> what if you do? That is very scary, and it's a right. sad trick. Well, there are I people drink a diet coke like, for yeah, breakfast and for right. lunch and for Ooh. dinner, and yeah, sometimes there's orange juice or other things. That's you know, I really love that, and you know, the mantra that I use a lot is "It's progress, not perfection." Amen. Mm-hmm. And just recently, um, I started a hundred day challenge <gasps> of exercising every day, and you know, I I really want to be at boot camp. But you know what? Right now, my schedule doesn't allow with what, you know, what I'm plugged into. So I have to wait for that. So, um, you know what? I just do what I can just to just for that habit. Yes. No matter what, get in the outfit, do what you can. And the <laughs> outfit. Wes, Wes, Wes says to me today, he's like, I got to come up, come talk to me. So I'm standing there with weights doing squats. And he's like, Okay, this works. I'm like, I've <laughs> got to get it in. Multitask. Because I'm keeping that promise to myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just said to myself, you know what? When you when you can't give it your all, give it what you've got. Amen. And that's what I had. And that's what I had to give. So I can see this, you know, starting to apply this as far as like, okay, you know what? You can't do the perfect 
work out every day or you, you know, start from zero and go to perfect workout, perfect eating. Let's start with what have you got? Mm-hmm. You could do two things. Just move and drink water. Well, and there, there are versions. And you build your confidence, right? I did that. It, I did yeah. my promise to it's myself. A, and that's that's really kind of where it stems from. It's getting into the habit and it's not breaking a promise. I'm like, this is all you have to do. Drink yeah. a gallon of water yeah. every day. And it is a lot. And for some people, I'll, I will say, okay, we're going to start with, with 80 ounces of water because they might only not really drink pure water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people think tea and <laughs> juice is and considered water. And put the water. little packet in there. Tea like, is made <laughs> with water. And like, so that counts. That's cute. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> told so, you it wasn't going to be sexy. I adorable. told you it wasn't going to be sexy. <laughs> but you're going to look sexy. You're going to feel sexy. sexy. Mm-hmm. But moving for 30 minutes might look different in their week zero than it does, you know, on it, their week 10. It right? will. So. It will. Um, I, that's probably one of my most favorite things is I have, I mean, every client is doing the unimaginable. So we, we talk about goals. We definitely talk about goals. Um, the, the onboarding process I have with clients, um, it doesn't always look typical to like a classic personal trainer. There's a lot of like, you know, I want to know their vision. I, I want to know the ins and outs of their day and how they feel. And, you know, how do you celebrate success? How often do you celebrate success? Because that's really important. It's really important to celebrate your wins. And so we have your main goal and they're reminded by their main goal every day because there's a weekly check-in by email, whether I'm working with people in person or virtually they're reminded of their main goal and then they have their mini goals too that change from time to time. So if you don't know your goals, your goals kind of guide your your actions, right? So a lot of what I do is working around goals. A lot of what I do is working around goals from week zero, before they even pay me week zero, they have a goal to work on and the confidence that they gain from, from that. And I usually have a couple of tasks in there. Like I want you to go and download this app. That's your homework. I want you to um, go and write down this, or I want you to maybe order if they're working from home. I'm like, oh, you have no equipment in your house. That's okay. You don't need equipment. Um, are you interested in maybe purchasing some resistant bands? There's so much we can do with those and it's under, you know, $30. So everything's scalable. So you start with a water goal and you do it every day for seven days in a row. And then you have a victory and you need that victory to start a new program. Right. And there's been other things that have happened with clients. Um, so there's a big theme of, and now, you know, I brought some mocktails to dirt yes. and I am not anti-alcohol or anti-caffeine. I'm not anti-carb. I'm not really anti. Okay, now everybody loves you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not good. I would never. I would never tell a client that they can't have something. And it makes you want it. <laughs> right? Because Don't tell me I can't have that. I, I, right? I know. All of a sudden you go, you know what? You can have that. And they go, okay. Just like, not every day. You know? People, <laughs> people okay. freak out. I say a light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. All right. That's okay. Just don't take the light away. Yeah. Because <laughs> they won't eat. People won't even start. They're afraid like, I'm well, going to be hungry. First of all. I don't have a single client that's hungry. I will tell you that right now. That's good. Um, you, you, you do not have to be starving and hungry to lose weight. In fact, that's very counterintuitive. And that's a lot of rescripting so I have to do with clients. think that though. Mm-mm. And they often a lot of clients end up eating more with the program and the plans I kind of set for them. Yeah. 
It's just, it just looks a little differently. And we, we take, we do in manageable, progressive steps. You know, it's not often, I kind of have to assess where people are starting from and people will all go at, you know, some different paces and will progress a little bit differently, but it's pretty, it's pretty similar to most, for most people. Um, you start with, Hey, you got to have a, a, your first win is moving your body every day for 30 minutes or something similar to that. And you're going to drink a gallon of water. So like I said, sometimes it's maybe 80 ounces, but you're going to drink water and it's going to be a very specific amount every day. You get that win. Okay. You get that win. And then we start looking at schedules and all the things that support you integrating health and fitness into your life. Well, you got three kids, you got eight kids, you got a career, you know, you, you got an opposite schedule as your husband. I, I can relate to that. You know, like here, here are some tools. Let's like, it's not impossible for you to work out. Like let's, we're going to figure this out. So I'll take time. We'll look at their calendar and uh, we have to get real honest. I'm like, well, what are, what's your nighttime routine? You drink a, a bottle of, of, of wine every night. Okay. You know what? You're, you're not the only one who's doing that right now. Yeah. That's probably been really relaxing for you, especially in 2020. Okay. How do you feel when you wake up? Oh, you kind of have brain fog. Okay. You got low energy. Yeah, you're not feeling so good. Okay. Oh, and you you, you regret what you ate because you were drinking so much and then drinking a lot of extra wine it's makes you want to eat more. Okay. Bar food. You know, maybe like, Chicken man, maybe that's just pizza. not serving you right now. I, I see your goals. I know what you want. You told me what you want. You, you want to feel energized. You want to feel strong. You want to set an example for your daughter. I see that. I see your goals. You want to drop 15 pounds. Okay. Yeah, that's totally doable. Hey, you're not going to be hungry. <laughs> this is going to be a sustainable plan. You're going to follow it. It's going to be great. You're going to feel amazing. Drink the water. You know, what if we just take like a cute little like vacay from from wine for a couple weeks? Just 2 weeks. Let's just see how you feel and just as like a tiny cute little experiment, you know? And um then then that's doable. I'm not taking alcohol away from anybody for forever. Um and then clients are like I can think of, you know, a few clients specifically from just 2021 who did this, um, who still, they've chosen on their own not not to drink or they choose to only do it on specialty date nights now. And they were drinking at least a bottle of wine every night. A lot you know? of wine. It, it's it is. easy to it's, do. It's easy to do and it's it's not uncommon. There's I don't want people to feel ashamed of that because um, A, drinking copious amounts of alcohol is extremely um, socially encouraged and you know, it was made fun of like all the day drinking mom memes with homeschooling kids. And sure, it was funny and it was a coping mechanism that made people feel part of a special community. But, you know, is it is it really serving you? Like, hasn't it served out its purpose? Like, how are you really feeling? And again, I'm not going to tell a client like, Hey, you're, you must stop drinking. Like we're, they're going to freak out over that. I'm not going to tell them they have to stop doing that, but you know, maybe we take like a, just a cute little vacay break for a week or two and, and, and see, have a mocktail and have a cute mocktail. Might I add, we're drinking out of beautiful champagne flutes. It's very pretty. I have the heart shaped strawberry. It's organic. It's ripe. And I have spindrift um, sparkling water in it. It's beautiful. And so just to kind of show you a bit more about like my coaching style. So when clients, for instance, maybe want to take a couple weeks off from drinking alcohol, there's usually a lot of anxiety around that. 
we think peer pressure stops <laughs> once we become adults, but I've worked I've worked with so many clients in their 50s struggling with peer pressure. Struggling with peer pressure because and especially it's rooted in people pleasing. We don't want to offend people. And there's also there's also some fear in having a very fun coping mechanism taken away from us. There's a lot of anxiety like if you think long term, like I won't be any fun, it's gonna be socially awkward at parties. You just think about all the things you're not gonna have. Like you just feel very doomed yeah. by it, and um, so that's why I don't ever ask clients to remove it like forever. But I think it's healthy to take. Like I, I said, I just tell people I'm pregnant. I'm kidding. No, that's good. That's good. It works. Uh, it totally works. You know, but if if you tell clients, you know, let's just take a couple weeks just to see how you do. I'm going to coach you through it. Well, no and biggie. it's also willpower, mm-hmm. right? Because the, with the peer pressure, it's sometimes subtle mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, oh, I know you're doing that thing where you're trying not to drink, but wondering's not going to hurt mm-hmm. you, right? Does, people say that. It's just one. Well, and it's also, just- don't you think a little bit of it is you don't want to make people feel bad? That's a big yeah. thing. It's like want, I said, especially you know for women. I don't want them to feel bad. You know, they offered it. To I'm them. not a prude. Oh, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's the thing. Number one, you don't owe people an explanation. Mm. You don't. You can just keep it short and sweet and move on from that point of the conversation to something else. You don't owe people an explanation. You really don't. Um, number two, you, you can make or bring your own mocktail and just not tell anybody if you're bringing a cute glass or, you know, I mean, it's, it's few and far between with the COVIDs and the shutdowns and everything. But, you know, if you're out at like a bar on vacation, you can still get some, a glass that looks like you're drinking an alcoholic beverage. And so people aren't asking you questions. And that tends to be something that a lot of people, especially men like to do. They're not, they're not feeling they're being judged. Like, why aren't you drinking now or why? So that's like, it doesn't even leave any room on the table for people to ask. You can go get your mocktail at the bar and, or bring your own. And then people don't, don't even ask you. Right. Um, the other thing is people aren't losing sleep at night because you turned down a cocktail. (laughs) Yeah. Stop it. Get over yourself. Yeah. Get over yourself. They'll be just fine after the party. they drink your drinks for you and are thankful that there's more for them. barfing. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, come on now. Like, we're we're established women, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and I'm still seeing it in my, my... my clients with my friends that they can't turn down a drink because it was offered. They don't want to be rude. I'm like, you're, you're a grown woman. Yeah. And George who offered you some fire whiskey is not losing sleep at night because you had turned down the drink. This and now, you know, I, I had someone who, a friend and, um, Months and months later, she she approached me and she, to apologize for having kind of an emotional kind of an emotional scene at a restaurant. And I, I handled it with grace. I kind of like ushered her kind of away from our acquaintances and friends. And I'm like, You're you are good. I gave her a pep talk, got her some water, got her, got her a sandwich, but you know, she had a little bit too much to drink. It was it was weighing on her for months and it took her months to apologize and talk about it. I'm like, I mean, it kind of opened the conversation up for being able to say no. So um, like, you know, you you didn't have to drink that if you didn't want to, because it was always like, oh, I just, I couldn't say no. I'm like, these are conversations, man, we, we're having with our teenagers, you know, and my goodness, like we're grownups, like we should be able to say no. 
Really? And like, if it hurts someone's feelings, they're going to be fine. But I I know for a fact, the gentleman that offered you that drink, you could have just said no. You could have pretend to drink it, whatever. You didn't have to drink it. And and then, you know, you kind of, you were a bit emotional that night and it's been weighing on you for months now. Like, even if that person's feelings were hurt for half a second, that person being uncomfortable for a moment isn't worth you months feeling embarrassed or upset or disappointed in yourself. You can you can say no. That's a bigger price to pay. Amen. Mm-hmm. You're not oh, yeah. going to regret that as much as you would, you know, being, yeah, going off so at it's, a party. It's taking sure. back our power is what it comes yes. down to. And so there's so many scenarios with that. There's, um, you know, margaritas, chips, and guac, which again, there's a time and there's a place for it. I'm not going to take that away from people, but you know, for some clients, they, they might need to say no to that for a short period of time just to kind of get, you know, get, you know, get to their goals, um, faster. You know, there's certain people who have certain goals. They, sometimes they have a specific date. And again, I'm about sustainability and I'm about a lifestyle change, but I get some clients maybe have a special, you know, 30th wedding anniversary, you know, special like celebration they want to prepare themselves for. Um, and there's a lot of social anxiety with the peer pressure. What are my girlfriends going to think when I'm the only one not having the margarita? And then, so it's like this whole thing. And so I kind of talk with clients and walk them through ways to kind of avoid the awkwardness, um, and to have that willpower. And we talk about like reframing the situation. Um, like maybe it's bringing, whether it's at someone's house or restaurant, getting a mock, (laughs) you know, margarita. Um, there's a lot of different things around that. There, there really is. So, so would you say that like, that it would be okay. After you get on the program, first you start with your baby steps. Mm -hmm. You have those victories. Then you build on those and have more victories, right? And you you start to go, okay, let's just take a break from alcohol for a little while. At what point can you integrate that? And that might vary with different people. It does. And then also, would you say that that like a have a 90-10 rule, 80-20 rule, 50-50 rule? No. <laughs> Every other day I'll drink, like every other day I'll have margaritas and chips. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And it's going to look different uh, person to person. It really is. Um, gosh, and I, I don't want to take up our whole interview uh, just on on alcohol, but I, I did want to bring it up today because people are I, saying they're going like, could I do that? Could I give up alcohol? Any, that's but here's the thing. About, yeah. it's, it's not forever. And yeah. um, if it's something that a lot of people came, uh, became very reliant on it as being a coping mechanism last year, I mean, there's so much evidence and research that's been done on it and there's going to be continued research on it. But um, if it's prohibiting you from the very goals that you have stated that are important to you, um, then it's worth taking, like I said, just a cute little vacation for just mm-hmm. maybe two weeks and just see how you do and see how you feel. I'm not saying giving it up forever is the key. For some, may, maybe if they choose that, I'm not going to tell them to do it. Yeah, it's your choice. Um, but yeah, overall, like um, an 80-20 rule, you know, is kind of a good rule. And then you have to kind of talk about like, what does that look like? Um, for some clients, um, I do suggest, you know, taking a vacay from gluten and dairy. A lot of times people become more and more intolerant of dairy and don't know it. With gluten, most people aren't necessarily allergic to it, but usually if you're eating a lot of gluten, you often maybe are 
just eating more and more processed food. So by saying you're eating gluten-free, you can maybe kind of choose and eat some more wholesome foods and stay away from like the processed gluten-free packaged food. Um, so by doing that, I have clients typically, depending on where they're at, especially at the beginning of the year when everyone's gun-ho about, you know, all these big they're changes. Like January 1st and then it's January 15th and they're like, well, that was fun. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. Uh, back to over the French that, fries. Over that whole spiel. <laughs> that's actually a good point. So as a, as a coach, sometimes I'll take advantage of that fresh starting point and I'll say, okay, just for two weeks, I'm going to give you a meal plan, a customized meal plan, and it's going to be gluten-free, dairy-free, we're just going to take a cute little vacay from the alcohol too, just for two weeks. And we're going to drink a gallon of water. And we're just going to see how you feel. Because you're telling me that you wake up feeling tired. You got the headaches. Um, you just got through the holidays. And you were drinking. You're eating some some chocolate. And Hi. hey, chocolate. Everything. We can incorporate chocolate. I have clients who we incorporate some chocolate every week and into their meal plan. It's possible. Um, we just take a little vacay from some of the things that maybe has been overloading their system. Um, and they genuinely are typically really surprised. Like my skin looks amazing. I am not wearing makeup right now. Like I have like, not me. I'm wearing a lot of makeup right now. Um, <laughs> I have clients who are just so proud. They're like, I have not, like, I cannot believe after two weeks how fast my skin has improved. And usually we're just get, we get inundated, you know, especially compounding effects decade after decade of alcohol and the sugars. And even if you think you eat relatively healthy, like there's a lot of sugar in things and that overloads our pancreas and our liver, which controls our hormones. And so there's just like the systemic reaction within our body that gets compounded and convoluted with, you know, some so-so or some bad um, choices that are made continuously over time. Yeah. So after 2020, some folks might after need a- 2020, Go 80-20. Go 80-20, y'all. <laughs> That's a tagline. That's Take a that great tagline. Uh, well, okay, asking for a friend. Because I was feeling like, you know, I'm, I, am I doing the right thing? Like, I, I do have like a, I don't gauge it all the time, but I feel like I'm 80-20. I'm that's great. And I think that that's how I've sustained my weight for years. And I didn't even know, like, how much I was really weighing as an adult. Mm -hmm. Because I literally... Got pregnant, had the baby, lost the weight, got pregnant, had the baby, lost the weight, got pregnant, had the baby. I mean, over and over and over, 20 years. Yeah. There's you, a 20-year difference between Kimmy and Alicia. And and so I'm like, I don't even know if I don't what I do. But once you, I got that last weight off, that's what I've done. And she's 10. And, and you, I had, don't fluctuate. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I had one like really horrible depression time <laughs> where I like went off and the that rail. Happens. But that, yeah, uh, that, happens. And that was, it took me mm, two weeks to put on the weight. Took me six weeks to get it off. Yeah. But I mean, that's even good. There's, there's, so, you know, Gina Marie, you, yeah. what I'm hearing is you probably created a consistent system for you. It's not about perfection. And if you're miserable in the way that you're eating, it's, I'm sorry, but we don't do that. It's not working. Now we might have to reframe how creative you are. And when clients feel like things are boring, I'm like, well, maybe it's not necessarily you. I mean, it's not necessarily the food. Maybe it's you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> That's what no, I would tell my kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah really if real. you're bored, you're boring. And my kids aren't boring. So knock that off. So That's if good. your food is boring, hmm. That's kind of, yeah. <laughs> just kind not of, and sometimes being creative. Like it's not said. being creative because uh, there's lots of ways we can jazz and dress, you know, 
healthier food options up. Um, so I really Are you encourage- coming out with a recipe book? Because I do feel like I see on social media and everything that you make looks good. So I'm like, well, I would eat that. That looks yeah. delicious. We'll give you the link so you can follow her and get you inspired. You definitely have to follow her because For you're sure. going to be inspired by it. Okay, Absolutely. So, so I have another question. Okay. Um, okay, so so you're saying that 80-20 is good. That's a good mindset, it's right? A, it's a very good mindset. And I do believe in tracking food. I don't believe you have to weigh and measure your food every single day for the rest of your life. I personally, I kind of do cycles like almost quarterly. I'll kind of do a very gentle like lean bulk and I eat a very specific ratio of macronutrients then. Then I'll do kind of like a, like a, a, a lean out and then I do intuitive eating and I kind of repeat it. And then repeat it. So, and what that looks like is I weigh and measure my food. And I'll tell you right now, most people, I can almost guarantee this with almost most people now, will be under eating their protein. They'll be under eating. They think they're eating a lot of protein. And then we realize that they aren't. And I can almost like guarantee that I can kind of like pick that out pretty quickly. Um, so I do have clients because we have to know what we're working with. If you have to be aware of like what you're consuming and I, I'm very education based with clients. So, um, some people don't even know what macronutrients are. So if they show you, me. so that I don't know, they would you know? show you as an example, like, let's say if they said, Nicole, this is everything I ate today. Mm -hmm. Would you give them feedback to say, well, this is what you think about what you're eating and this is what actually it is. Like you think you're getting all the proteins and you're actually missing like half the proteins. So I do I do like to know where people start. So I'm like, look, I want you to keep an accurate diary. So whatever you like generally eat, just keep doing that for the next week. And and usually this is part of their week zero, depending on the client, depending on what their goals are. But most often it's around weight loss or gain, gain, losing weight, gaining muscle. And so, you know, nutrition is very vital to that. Like, okay. You are not trying to impress me. <laughs> I just want to know what you're doing right now. I want to know what your body's used to, okay? So just genuinely, whatever you put in your mouth, whatever you're drinking or eating, just make sure you're writing it down. You can do it in a paper journal or you can use um, the MyFitnessPal app. It's a, an app that I think is really easy to use and um, a lot of people are familiar with it. And so from there, um, we're able to kind of see like how many calories, what macronutrient ratios they're eating. Um, and for those of you who, who don't know macronutrients, Everyone eats macronutrients. So there's three building blocks. They just of, don't know it. They, they just don't know it. Um, macronutrients um, consist of your carbohydrates, your protein, and your fat. So those are the three macros, carb, fat, protein. Each one of those, one gram would equal an X amount of calories. So for instance, both protein and carb, um, yes, both protein and carb, uh, they're for every gram, it's four calories. This is how we get calories. So people people were on a macro diet before they even knew it because lots of people know calories, right? Um, and then fat, for one gram of fat, it's nine calories. That's why, you know, your nut butter, your your beloved peanut butter, um, you know, just, <laughs> you know, to- it just right out of the jar. It, it, right. Doesn't it taste best that way? Um, so like a serving size would be like two tablespoons generally. And you you then you look on the back and you're like, holy moly, yeah. that's a lot of calories. <laughs> well, it's because it's calorie dense. It doesn't make it a bad food. Um, and that's another thing I work with people on is we can't just necessarily label things bad versus good but we need to know the information, right? 
much alike, you know, uh, your weight, your measurements. It's not bad or good. I mean, there's some, you know, leaning towards unhealthy if, you know, in certain situations, but it's more just information. We just, we're trying to paint the full picture of where we're starting, right? The whole truth, grit and grace. Um, so with the, the macronutrients, um, I first generally start with protein. So from there, we'll kind of get an understanding of what their bodies are used to consuming. And right off the bat, more often than not, I'm witnessing, um, especially women, are under eating protein. They're like, like, I eat chicken nuggets I crave like every night. Like so time. much. That's like, great. <clears throat> I crave it That's all good. the time. I'm like, like shakes and yeah. everything in the morning and stuff too. Yeah. Turkey bacon. Oh, turkey. Ooh. oh West Hall, let me call it turkey bacon. That's Why? not bacon. <laughs> turkey strips. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love it. Like I don't eat regular bacon. Turkey's and he's like, who bacon. doesn't like bacon? I'm like, I, it's I got like, all that fat like, on it. It like, creeps me out. I like. Blood. I mean, I'll yeah, I'll eat it in something, but I don't. I I can't eat like a piece of bacon. Just yeah, bite who it. Who are you? I know. Who are you? But turkey bacon, <laughs> yeah. protein. I love turkey bacon. Love yeah, turkey so, bacon. I get the no nitrate. Da, 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 all the whatever. So you, you're opting in for the the cleaner, you know, minimally processed well, and it's turkey bacon. Good That's great. For you to educate people too, like when you're working with them about all the different proteins, because I think people are like protein. Like I, there was meat in the sandwich that I ate, so I ate protein. But that might not be the only way, right? Yeah, like how like how much the ratio? And right? I I list out. Yeah, there's a ratio, and everyone's ratio could be a little bit different from client to client. Um, we also talk about, we don't fear carbs. <laughs> that we, is a thing. People are like, oh, no, 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 like it's a no, no word. Yeah, like, I'm like uh, carbs turned into a really it's nasty like, word. Yes, yes, we need carbs. But you, just maybe certain. We need carbs. Um, Now, quality, okay? okay so, quality, so this is, so this is confusing. There's, there's clean eating, right? There's cl like good, clean, organic food. Just because you eat good, clean, organic food, now that's great. Like you're micronutriently like, and <laughs> just the quality of like, right? You want gas fuel for like the Maserati, for the Ferrari. Like we're all good, amazing athletic sports cars. It's like the analogy I like to use. You're not going to put crappy gas into a Maserati, no. right? No, no, no. no, no so you're no, going to no. want the wholesome, organic, really clean eating. However, that's great, but you can gain weight eating quote unquote clean. If you're eating half a jar of raw organic almond butter, you might gain some weight because it's very dense in calories and fat. Now you need calories and you need fat, but we're going to be intentional <laughs> with, but maybe with the not amount. that jar, not that jar. And to me, if someone um, is in a place where they're eating half a jar of a nut butter, that means that maybe earlier in the day, they didn't make good choices. Maybe they should, you know, they were probably hungry. Like if you're, if you're consuming and whiffing down a whole jar of a nut butter, I mean, there's something else going on here. You're probably skipping meals or, you know, your body's craving something that you're not giving to it enough. So, um, we do look for, I do look for behavior around food. Um, and I am a certified behavioral change specialist as well. So with that being said, I don't like my clients typically experiencing a ton of hunger. So I make sure that they're having a good ratio of fat. Fat is so good for you. You like want to avocado? Avocado, mm -hmm. almond butter, mm -hmm. you know, some sea, you know, some salmon. I mean, there's fat is great for you. You need fat and you need carbs and you need protein. 
Um, I, I believe that God had designed our bodies. I mean, our bodies are these living, breathing, amazing machines, and they were designed to operate with all three macronutrients, period. This has been so amazing that um, we have so much more that we want to ask you. So we are going to make this two parts so that we can dive in a little deeper on some more subjects and talk about some more things on the on the next episode. So we want to, um, if you want to get a hold of Nicole, we will have everything in the show notes. Mm-hmm. What would you say the primary way, at least maybe say your website, that probably has your socials and everything on there? Yeah. So go to Coach Nicole Thomas. And remember, I have an H in my name. So it's N-I-C-H-O-L-E, coachnicolethomas.com, which is also my Instagram handle, Coach Nicole Thomas. And by the way, your middle name means shower of blessing, hope. Oh my gosh. That is just, (laughs) I love that. Beautiful name. So So, definitely follow Nicole um, because you're going to learn a lot just by following her. And in the next episode, we'll talk more. Yes. Now, but before we close this up, I want to ask, so what if somebody lived in Colorado? Mm -hmm. Could they still work with you? And do you have a program for them or is it only local? Uh, I have even international clients. So any anywhere, absolutely. Um, so I offer a variety of services. Obviously, I'm a certified personal trainer, um, but I do coaching. So some clients, I'm not necessarily training them one-on-one or even one-on-one virtually, like where I'm walking them through specific workouts. For some clients, it's, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of talking about um, navigating health and fitness and integrating it into their lives so that it is sustainable and that this is truly a life um, change. They're adopting something, which is new, right? Because a lot of people are used to the yo-yo dieting um, and we stop the patterns of, um, sabotaging ourselves, mm. you know, we, we awesome. walk into our greatness. So that's what I do that a lot with a lot of clients. I really enjoy that one-on-one coaching, um, week to week with them. Um, uh, and then I can partner that up with, I have an app as well where it has customized, um, fitness programs. So I have clients who maybe they have scoliosis and they have a, a limp. I have clients who've had knee surgery, What's your app? prolapse. It's coach Nicole Thomas so, um, so I, that's, that's one avenue. And then I can also train one-on-one in person or virtually. So I can literally walk people through the exercises, but just via zoom. <laughs> Amazing. So we'll awesome. make sure we have all that in the show notes so people can find all that information. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Well, we want to thank you for listening today. Yes. This has been so great. So informative. I'm so excited about next week's episode yeah. to be able to talk about this some more because I think it's just something, I mean, it's something you have to live every day, right? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, Gosh, I can't wait to share more. There's so much much more. I want to get into fitness um, a bit more. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We want to make sure to thank Rockwood Audio and Ava Media Productions for supporting us and making everything sound and look good. And thank all of you for listening because you're why we're here. So thanks for being here. Yes, we would love for you to subscribe if you haven't already. Rate and review. Tell us what you think about this episode. So tell if us you have other you... questions That's about right. Nicole and we need to have her back and and you and she started on to something or we asked something that didn't that you wanted to hear more about. Yep. That didn't get talked about. Let us we know. We would be happy to uh, have her back. I think we could talk her into it. I think so. Until next time, may your faith be greater than your fears. <laughs>
And remember, you are your only limit, so take action today. Thanks for listening to the the Bliss Bliss Beyond Beyond Fear Fear podcast.